you know, I, I just kept thinking like, uh, whatever happens, I can't be in front of Courtney because that would just be, <laughs> that would be something that, that would not be good. We were going uphill and she kind of like got away a little bit. And I was like, okay, this is good. And then we started going downhill. And as I'm running downhill, she's on the side of the uh, the trail tying her shoes. So then I passed her and then I make it to the first in aid station in front of Courtney. And then I talked to myself like, oh, no. <laughs> 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 like exactly what I didn't want. Welcome to the Gotta Run Racing Podcast with your hosts, Norman and Jody. Discover the inspiring stories of the average and not so average runners. And they're off. Hello. <laughs> you stole my line. How you doing? It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. Getting there, getting there. What's new? What's new? Well, I'll tell you. I went over the our YouTube analytics. Ooh, do tell. <laughs> and I have to say, it's very interesting since I'm a numbers guy and I like to see analytics. Mm-hmm. There's one particular analytics showed that 94.7% of the people that watch us on YouTube yeah. are not subscribed. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> interesting because I get it. Because every time I'm on GCN, Global Cycling Network. Yeah, yeah. Training. Yeah. I've watched their videos for years and I'm constantly training. Anything that comes out new, I'll watch it. And I was never subscribed. Mm. So I get it. I get the fact that people yeah. don't subscribe. But then I realized, wait a minute, I'm a freaking hypocrite. <laughs> so I started subscribing to GCN and anything else that we uh, watch regularly. Yeah. So, hey, if you watch us, you like our content on YouTube. Do us a flavor. <laughs> Just that little, you don't even have to smash it. People say smash that that subscribe button and yeah. blah, blah. No, you don't have to. Just tap. Yeah. Subscribed. Right. Thank you. Okay. All right. <laughs> and what's happening in Gotta Run Racing? Chase the Coyote is live. Wow. And it's the final edition. It's our final and it's our 10th and final year. That's right. Of Chase the Coyote. That's right. Our baby. So for those who always wanted to run up Cardiac Hill and the Roots of All Evil, well, sorry, the 64 Steps to Ruin, then the Roots of All Evil, this will be the last time to do so. at our event. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And where can you sign up? Well, Gotta Run Racing, or that links you to Race Roster. That's right. But uh, and all those people who always wanted to chase the coyote and never got around to it, this is it. Your last shot. Last chance. And for those who have come every year, hey, make it a... Yes. <laughs> make it your final race. To, and why not try a longer distance? Yeah, change it up. Why see, not? See what's out there. What's what's all this different forest about? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So who we got on the podcast today? The podcast. Marianne Hogan. Right. This is... She's a comeback kid. <laughs> <laughs> She was a incredible runner back in 2017, but then last year she said, "I'm back, baby." Yeah, and uh, she came out with her. Uh, she did well at Huracana. She did well at Cape Town Ultra Tour mm-hmm. and Golden Ticket at Bandera. Don't give it all away. Okay, uh, <laughs> lots to talk about. Marianne Hogan coming up. Marianne Hogan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Bienvenue sur le podcast. <laughs> merci, merci. C'est un plaisir d'être ici. <laughs> I mentioned to Jody 
about your podium at Cape Town two months ago. And I said to her, oh, we have to have her on the podcast. But then what happened at Bandera, <laughs> that's what I said to her. Okay, we must have her on the podcast. <laughs> nice. I'm glad. That, uh, that, I'm glad that uh, that uh, finish got me not only a golden ticket but a spot on this podcast. So thank you. <laughs> but first, for our three listeners in Jamaica who don't know who you are, <laughs> go back to the beginning and how or when did you even start running? Sure. It's a long story that I'll try to make as short as possible. So I kind of started as a swimmer um, and then eventually transitioned as a triathlete because I turned out to be a much better runner than I was a swimmer. But I also really liked the, the, the combination. Actually, triathlon was a sport that I really loved. And I practiced from like 10 to 18 years old. And when I turned 18, I was thinking that, you know, it was always my dream to kind of go study uh, in the U.S. as a on, a on the full ride scholarship. So back in my day, there was no uh, scholarships available for triathlon. So I kind of tried out for track and field and moved all the way to California. I am originally from um, Quebec. So it was kind of like the, the, the decision for me to move all the way across uh, the continent and, and make the best of my experience. And I did five years of track and field at a San Diego State University, where I ran the 10 kilometers. And when I got done with that, I was really kind of over the whole uh, pacing and, you know, the, the specific workouts around the track where you have to hit like a specific pace. And I just yes. thought like, but I really loved running and, and, and I really didn't want to get away from that. And I actually moved to Boulder, Colorado for oh, wow. three years where I really discovered uh, trail running, ultra running, and everything that has to do with it. So uh, that's kind of when I started uh, trail running, and I've been running ever since. I've had a couple uh, pretty serious injuries that kind of kept me away from the trail running scene for a while. But uh, in 2021 and 2022, I was able to make uh, what people like to say a comeback. And uh, I've, I've been really happy ever since. So that's kind of it in, the, in a very short glance. Did work take you to Colorado or were you just taking that opportunity that you were in the States to check out other places? Yeah, well, when you're Canadian and you and you do your uh, and you do a, a graduate degree. So I did my master's degree in San Diego. Mm -hmm. um, you have the availability to work out off of a visa that they call optional practical training. So it's an automatic visa almost given to all international students if you have a graduate degree. So I just figured I had been living in California for five years. And my boyfriend from the time at the time was uh, from Colorado, and I had been I had gone to Boulder a few times. Really loved Boulder, so I figured I would give Boulder a try. Right, and it, def it definitely turned out to the best. <laughs> and the rest is and the rest is history. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> Let, let's get into the history. Yeah, let's get into it. <laughs> We've done a little bit of research, and one of the things that we came across was uh, a very interesting stage race that you did with Mathieu Blanchard, who, for those who are, are maybe new to the sport, just finished at UTMB in third place, originally mm -hmm. from France, now living in Quebec. How did you two hook up to do that race? And can you explain that race a little bit to us? And this is yeah, back in 2017. Right. 2017. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, this was back in 2017 when I was still living in Colorado. I was just moving back to Canada actually in that year. But we both participated in the Solomon Ultra Running Camp that was occurring in, in Moab. And that's kind of where Mathieu got uh, uh, spotted by Solomon and, and me as well. And the way that camp was working is that the winner of one race, so the winner of the Moab Behind the Rocks uh, 50 mile race, was being invited to Chamonix to race the uh, 50 mile there. It was a 92K actually. And then the the winner female and the winner male, they were going to be paired up to be uh, together during the Transalpine. And what happened actually is that throughout that whole process, uh, Matthew and I really got along. He know, you know, he's a he's a very good guy. He's actually a really good friend of mine um, still to this day. The yeah. Transalpine definitely helped solidify that friendship. Um, <laughs> but we but we ended up running parts of the uh, 92k together, and we kind of pitched it to Solomon. And actually, they they actually had made that assumption beforehand that we would be a very good pair to to do Transalpine together. So uh, we were selected to do Transalpine together early or in in. 2017 and transalpine is a i think it's a seven day stage race it's it's a little uh, far back now but it's, <laughs> it's a seven day stage race that runs through the alps in europe and then we we went through four different countries which is wow. which is so fun and to this day probably one of the best races i've ever done and it's really nice because you you run from one city to the next and every time you get there you get you know, you get you get into a new lodging, uh, you meet new people, and it's just really nice because you because you share uh, the race with with the different trail runners uh, from from all over the world, um, and it, it lasts seven days, so it's so right. much fun. It was a very good experience, and it has a lot of verts. I think it had. I, I don't even want to venture out with the number, but it's <laughs> it's it's a pretty good it's a pretty good effort. It, it comes out to maybe like a marathon per day for seven days in a row with with quite a bit of uh, climbing so it was right. it was really fun and you had to run together mm-hmm. yeah we couldn't be more than a minute apart yeah wow. so. and how did you do uh we, yeah we we won that stage race um yeah it was, <laughs> it was a lot of fun we had a we had a lot of yeah it, it was a really good time um i think there's no other way to describe it it's it's very particular actually to be able to to do a race with another person and really be kind of tied to the hip, you know, we really couldn't be a, we, even if we, you know, they don't always check you if you're one minute apart, but mm. we, we ran the entirety like really close together. And and it's really nice because you're not just running with the person, but you're also going through the motions, right? Like when the yeah. race finishes, like, you know, Matthew is a very um, kind of a gathering person. So we would always kind of do, go through the rituals at the end of the race day, foam rolling, stretching, uh, eating, recovering, like it was just, it, it was just a very fun experience for sure. So you were either going to be the best of friends or the worst of enemies at the end of that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it worked out well. <laughs> yeah, it worked out great five years later. And I'd say we were pretty close to being a uh, best friend. So it's, it worked out really well. <laughs> it's awesome. And then there was yeah. a, a gap after two and 2017, we noticed on ultra sign up that what happened? At yeah, the gap between 17 and 2021, 2021. 20, yeah, 2021. Yeah, a lot happened, actually. Um, but a lot of uh, mishaps, unfortunately. So I came back from a 2017 year that was really strong. And I felt really good. And I was moving from the US to Canada because my visa was expiring. And so I really needed to Well, I was looking for a new job. But you know how it is like when running is part of your life, it's also really nice to be able to spend more time running. But unfortunately, for me, it didn't turn out to be so good in the sense that like pretty quickly within the 2017 year, I got a stress fracture of the hip. Mm. 
So I, I, I guess I was using too much of my free time to be running. Um, and I got a stress fracture. And then uh, unfortunately, again, after that, so the year went by and in 2018 built up and I was able to really recover and I was I was running back um, and, and getting back into, uh, you know, the, the same shape as I was in 2017. And I had a really bad trail fall. So I, I just went running and I twisted my ankle, but I was running, it was going downhill and my ankle twisted. It got caught in a rock and uh, my body went forward and, and uh, I had a spiral fracture of my tibia and my fibula. So it, it was a pretty, pretty intense fracture that took me way longer than I ever would have expected to recover. You know, the, the same night that it happened, I had a phone call with my doctor and he said, he told me that it was going to take me a really long time and I, I didn't believe him, but uh, he turned out to be 100% true. Spiral fractures are actually pretty, pretty difficult. I had to have um, two plates and 14 screws put into my right leg. Wow. And um, for some reason that nobody really knows, you know, sometimes the body reacts well to plates and screws and sometimes it doesn't. And for me, the whole year that I had those, I was barely able to run without, without pain. Actually, I wasn't able to run without pain. I was able to run, but not without pain. So mm. it was kind of a rough road back. And then uh, late in 2019, I was able to get those removed finally. And then eventually was able to start building back. And that's kind of what brought me back in, in 2021. Did any of those doctors tell you not to run? <laughs> uh, no, but a lot of doctors uh, told me after that they were surprised that I was able to run actually. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and that I'll take for sure, but not able to run. I actually, probably some people said it, but it's as runners, I think you just kind of let that information go into your, into to run here and not the other. So <laughs> I'm not that, I, I, I refuse to believe that there is such a thing, right? <laughs> if a doctor says to you, don't run, you're thinking, so just don't do 20K. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's a meme that's out on Instagram right now. That's what made me think of it. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> so during, during that time, mentally, oh my gosh, because we've all been injured. In fact, runners just go between injury and injury. There's a, never a, a gap where you're not injured yeah. as a runner. Ultra runner. Yeah, Ultra runner sure. anyway. Yeah. Ooh, what's going on with your mind there? Are you thinking, ah, this is it? Or you're, you're going to come back? Um, it, you know, it, it's, a, it's a difficult time. It's a difficult time, but I think you can definitely get out of it. And I think like, for me, what really helps is that, you know, you acknowledge the situation as, as quickly as you can when it happens. And for me, you know, it was as quick as like, I remember when my leg broke and I don't know if you've ever broke a limb or something, but when my leg broke, like I definitely heard the first of all, I heard the big crack. And yeah. then I also, and I could also tell that my foot was like, like my leg was no longer in, <laughs> in right direction. So I <laughs> yeah, I definitely knew that my, my leg was broken and there was no doubt. And I was in the middle of the woods with my brother. And, you know, what happened was uh, he was trying to get me out of the woods and he was just looking at solutions. And I just stopped him in his tracks. And I was like, man, can we just take a minute and acknowledge how much this sucks? You know, like, I don't really care how you're going to get me out of here. I just want us to acknowledge that this is a really sucky situation. And, and it's funny when you say that to someone, because then they kind of go like, yeah, this really sucks, you know, <laughs> and, and, but that, but that helps us kind of move on. And that's really what helps me is that I was able to acknowledge it really quickly. And once that, I, once that it was, you know, it, it, be, it became part of me and it became part of my story. And it, it, you know, my broken leg is, it will forever be broken. And I have a huge scar for, to remind me, but I also have um, more than a scar I have a, you know I'm still living with the consequences and I still like my right leg is still very small and 
So it, I think to me, the like it is easy to get into your negative hole, but I think as long as you, you like you accept what's happening to you, then you can kind of make the best of it, and and that's kind of what I try to do. So I I did a lot of stuff during that time. I became a guide for for a Paralympic triathlete, which was really nice. Is you know it's an experience that that I I don't think I would have lived if I if I didn't break my leg because I probably would have just been been running, and so um, it's just different types of experiences, and it's kind of just you know, trying to make the mess, the the most with what you have. Right. Hmm. And tell us a little bit about your experience as a guide, because you competed at a very high level, in fact. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what happened was that I was supposed to be a guide. So I was called in 2019, when I was kind of recovering from my broken leg. And I thought it was an excellent plan, because I couldn't really at that time, I couldn't run. Actually, when when I got called, I, I barely could run a 5k. So it was kind of an interesting scenario. But it turned out to be really good for me because I was able to do a lot of swimming, a lot of biking to kind of uh, cross train my way back into shape. Um, And at the same time, participate in something that is way beyond, you know, anything that I would imagine. So, yeah, I I was called upon being a a guide for a Paralympic athlete who was on the road for Tokyo. And at the time, I signed on to be a guide until 2020. But obviously, the pandemic hit and all of that. And but I was I was very determined to kind of see my way all the way through to, to through her Paralympic journey. And so that's kind of also what made it that, that it took me a little bit longer to kind of get back into the trail world, because I was definitely focused to being a guide for Jessica, who's the Paralympic triathlete that I guided all the way through Tokyo, Tokyo 2021. Right. And so uh, that was my focus for most of 2021, because I, I definitely wasn't able to trail run or run as much as I would have wanted if I wasn't doing that. But it's not something, you know, I, I'm more than happy to have gone to the Tokyo 2021 Paralympics were an experience of a lifetime. And I'm glad that I, that I saw it through for sure. Wow. That's incredible. So Jessica must be a serious triathlete in in her own right to be going to the Olympics. Ah, not the ad guy again. Well, listen closely. You're going to want to hear this one. We're back for our 10th and final year of the chase the coyote trail race. That's right, folks. It's your last chance to chase that coyote. If you've always wanted to tackle Cardiac Hill, climb the 64 Steps to Ruin, or navigate the roots of all evil, this will be your last chance. We've even added two more K to the 14K route to give you a chance to see more of Mono Cliffs Provincial Park. Registration is now open for the 50, 25, and 16K races at gotterunracing.com. Now back to the show yeah, absolutely. She's very impressive because she went to the Paralympics uh, in the early 2000s. She went to two Paralympics. Um, she's actually a medalist, but in swimming. And then she mm-hmm. came back and, and started working uh, as a recited and building up as a triathlete. So it's very interesting. And it's kind of nice because we really balanced each other out because she was more of a swimmer, so less of a runner. And I definitely more of a runner and less of a swimmer. But I love swimming. That's not to say, but uh, it was just a good pair for sure. And Jessica's visually impaired. Is that correct? Yeah, she's visually impaired. She's actually 100% blind. So she does not perceive light or she does not see anything. So it's really, it's it's quite impressive when you think about it. And sometimes I'm just, (laughs) I'm baffled at the other things she's able to do. You know, sometimes she tells me that when I used to go visit her in Victoria, I used to tell her the different uh, trails that I would go running on. And she'd tell, she'd tell me that, yeah, her, like someone guided her through a hike in those trails. <laughs> and I'm thinking like, I don't know how 
I don't know how that's possible, but it's it's very impressive for sure. Absolutely. How did you guys meet up then? Did you meet get up? paired? Yeah, get like, paired. Yeah. So before I was a, a trail runner, I used to be a, a triathlete, and um, uh, I went to the World Championships as a junior for Canada. One of the elite athletes at the time, her name is Carolyn Murray, who she is now the head coach for the Paralympic team. And so we, we kind of knew each other from back then. It's, it's actually pretty complicated to be a guide in the sense of like, you need someone who is in top shape, but you can't have someone who's racing for themselves. So you mm-hmm. could have, for example, uh, an Ironman athlete, but you couldn't have someone who's racing the, the ITU circuit, which is the international triathlon circuit. So it's very particular because you need someone with experience and who's still in shape. So it's, it's a very limited type of, uh, it's, a, it's a limited um amount of athletes so anyway so the list kind of like gets shrinked down in a sense that they they can they contact back junior uh triathletes or, or people who retired but are still kind of in shape and so yeah I got contacted through 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 a friend and then they sent me out to Victoria for a trial period where I did like a time trial on the bike a time trial on mm. the swim and that's kind of how we got paired and obviously kind of uh working together we had to make sure we were a good pair so that's yeah. kind of how it happened that's cool. And she must have so much <laughs> trust in you in the fact. That- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We always laugh because when when sometimes you go de- like on the tandem, it's it's pretty crazy how fast you can go. And sometimes like if you're going downhill on tandem, you know, you can easily catch like 80 kilometers per hour. And sometimes yeah. like, like after that, I'm like, it's crazy when you think about it. Like if you if one of us tried to get on the back of a tandem and close our eyes for it and you're going 80 K per hour, like it's, it just seems like a surreal experience for sure. <laughs> what a ride. Yeah, exactly. That's Literally. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, we've yeah. talked to quite a few athletes who got their start in triathlon. And I always like to know, mm. do you see any parallels or things that helped you in your triathlon training that transitioned into ultras? I think you know, I think there's definitely a, a certain correlation in the sense of like triathlon is definitely uh, a time demanding sport in the sense you have to spend a lot of time to train to be, you know, the elite triathletes or an Ironman triathlete. You definitely have to spend a lot of time training and, and to get the volume in and all of that. And I think mm-hmm. there's definitely a correlation uh, from there. I do think it's completely different, though, in the sense in, and it's a difference that I appreciate. I'm not necessarily someone who is as you know, close to numbers or close to <laughs> specifics. And, and I, you know, what I love about trail learning is, is the free spirit of it and, and nothing against triathlon and nothing against people who like more structured environments. But I definitely enjoyed the like freedom of running in the trail and, and not knowing what pace I'm going and not caring about what pace I'm going. And so there is, so there is similarities, but there's also differences that, that, that I appreciate and, and that I think people can appreciate as well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So let's talk about your comeback year. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) That happened happened last year. Your comeback race was, I guess, what? Hurricana 125. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Hurricana is is actually a pretty interesting race. I I actually registered for that, um, I think, a few days before going to Tokyo, which was end of August. So I definitely registered that kind of late. I wasn't sure, you know, like I mentioned, I I wasn't doing the training specific for a trail race. And I kind of just, you know, my body was physically able to run a 125. And that was enough for me to register. But I didn't know how I was going to go. 
you know, it's a race that went really well, but uh, um, unfortunately, you know, I'm still living with the, the, the circumstances of my broken leg and around um, kilometer 80, I twisted my ankle like nothing, like I was doing really well. And, uh, you know, I was in a great position. I think I was third overall at that time. And I twisted my ankle and, uh, you know, <laughs> I had trouble at that point. I, I, I didn't know that I was going to be able to finish the race. So it, it really, it, it was a struggle after that, to be honest. Uh, my ankle really, it's, it just swelled up like crazy. And, and I was, you know, for, for like 10 minutes, I was sitting on the side of the trail and wondering how, if, if I was going to be able to finish the race. Eventually I was able to, I got, you know, your brain kind of uh, eliminates pain or kind of, kind of forgets it, I guess. I don't know. But I was able to kind of shuffle my way to the end. And eventually I was able to kind of start jogging more normally and, and I made it to to a, to a second place uh, female finish and fifth overall. So I was pretty happy, but but it was definitely an interesting uh, an interesting comeback race for sure. Is like it, it was just it was so typical of uh, Marianne of the last four years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me just think what happened here. You had about a marathon left, about forty five k left in the race, mm-hmm. and you decided to I'm gonna just finish this race did you ever think well is this race important enough because you had to save your ankle yeah. for cape town or are you, am i doing more damage yeah. like you must have had all those things going through your mind what, what, <laughs> what made you decide to finish or well yeah. i guess i guess to me that in my head and i and i think when you go through such dramatic injuries as when you break a leg like there's no like there's no more important injuries than that right like as long as I can keep moving then I choose to keep <laughs> moving and, and I'm able to keep moving and I will like when I when I twisted my ankle and I kind of sat on the side like quickly my brain just changes and it's not about performing anymore it's really more about finishing the race and mm. that's kind of what happened and I just thought like oh well I'm going to keep pushing and then eventually when I start being able to run again then I'm like oh well maybe I can actually hold on to a podium position here you know and, and then and then you kind of get back in the zone and and you know, after four years of being not being able to race a trail race, I don't really think that my brain was even considering any sort of sort mm-hmm. of a, a consequence of what I was doing. And, and I'm not saying this, you know, to all the listeners, I'm not saying that this is the best <laughs> approach, but uh, it's the approach that, uh, that I choose to, to live my life with, and I guess, you know, coming back from the race, it, it was difficult. And I'm sure we'll talk about it in a minute. But to me, it was worth it to make it to the finish, you know, after after such a long time without being able to start a race, I just wanted to finish it. Yeah. Wow, I, yeah. I like I like the way your mind works. <laughs> nice. Thanks. <laughs> also, you're obviously pretty well known in Quebec. Everyone must know you in the running and the ultra running community in Quebec, right? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm not sure about well known, but I mean, I, I, I like to, to be part of the community. Yeah. So I would say I'm semi well-known. <laughs> so they must be thinking, oh, she's back. They're all happy she's back. But they're also thinking, oh, shit, she's back. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> I guess that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. So that uh, you finished in second place overall and uh, or in the women's in the fifth overall. Yeah. Wow. In, mm-hmm. And that's not an easy race either. Canada. That's not an easy no, race. It's, no, it's super technical. It's very, I mean, if you guys are from Ontario, I'm sure that the trails are pretty similar. We're not that far away from one another, but yeah, the trails are, you know, lots of roots, lots of rocks, lots of, lots of everything. <laughs> it's, 
it's uh, but it's nice. They're beautiful trails and beautiful views, and and the 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 race is super well organized. And it was actually the race when I broke my leg. It was the race that I was supposed to do two weeks later. I was registered at the one twenty five, so it, it it was somewhat important for me to to come back and and kind of do what I was supposed to do four years ago. So it's like it's like a yeah. symbolic race. You yeah. can finally exactly. let's, get, let's get this thing done. <laughs> yeah, let's get it done. I I wrote to the the organizer of the race and I was like, hey, I'm back. Four yeah, years later. I'm, I'm, I'm back, baby. <laughs> can we do this? <laughs> I'm sure they yeah. were very happy to have you back yeah. too. <laughs> Thanks. Let's uh, let's move on to Ultra Trail Cape Town, which happened uh two months ago, I guess. No, yeah, three, two months ago. November? Two months. Yeah, yeah. three, two, three months. End of November. Mm-hmm. Right around the time that Omicron made its appearance in <laughs> South Africa. <laughs> I think a day before the race, Omicron <laughs> made its appearance. Um, yeah, just to add a little bit of stress, but it's. Uh, anyways, we won't get into that discussion because that's a whole other discussion. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but what, uh, yeah. What made you choose Cape Town? What, what made you decide to go there? You know, I registered back, uh, I think it was in March of 2021. I think Cape Town, what I love most about trail running is is those those trails that you run in the mountain and you're next to the water. And I think it's so cool because you, I, I mean, from a triathlon background, like I really love swimming and I really like, you know, water and, 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 and the, the mountains right beside it. And I think that there's not one race that is more iconic for that, those views than Ultra Trail Cape Town. Things were going really good. And I was thinking like, oh, it'd be really nice to kind of go out and do an international race. So I registered for Ultra Trail Cape Town without really knowing what my shape would be in November. I registered as soon as it opened. I think it was in March or something. But obviously, when I got done with Arikana, um, it was all the story of me finishing the race is all good. But I definitely lived with some some consequences. Sorry. And so it, it took me a while to kind of recover. My ankle was actually early November is still kind of the size of a baseball ball it was huge <laughs> uh, it took forever to kind of get back low and so I, w- I did a lot of mileage actually with with a pretty swollen ankle and I I was having a lot of difficulty with any type of technical terrain so it was a, it was a hard road back but when I made it out there for some reason like the two or three weeks before my ankle got significantly better so it goes to show you can never lose all of your hope right like I, I didn't know what was going to happen and I figured it might be one of those races where the goal is only to finish but eventually I made it out there and it wasn't that bad actually I got I I got both of my ankles super taped up before the start but then this time around it was all the way through the 100k how did it feel being at the start line with a pretty pretty well-known runner from the U.S. named Courtney yeah, <laughs> um, yeah it, it was really good, actually. I, I think that if there's a runner that I would run or run against, it's definitely Courtney, regardless of how fast she is. I think I, I really respect the individual. You know, I love how, how good of a personality she has and, and how happy she is. I think that's the most important part. And that's definitely something that I, I'd like to also share with people is just her joy of being out on the trails. And it was just it was just really good to be able to to run some uh, some miles with her. And it, and, and it was a lot of fun for sure. I, I think we got an email, like I think all participants of UTCT got an email when Jim and Courtney announced that they were going to be at the start. And I, w- I couldn't be more thrilled, right? <laughs> like there's no, like how, what are the odds that the run, the first international race I pick, Courtney and Jim decide <laughs> to be at the start line. And, and I thought that was pretty cool. Wow. Did you get to run with her? Is that what you said? You ran some miles with her? Yeah, it's really funny. I ran the first uh, 10 kilometers with her. And uh, then it was really funny because... Uh, 
you know, I, I just kept thinking like, I, whatever happens, I can't be in front of Courtney because that would just be, <laughs> that would be something that, that would not be good. Um, but then I was running with her and then eventually like, we were going uphill and she kind of like got away a little bit. And I was like, yeah, this is good. And then we started going downhill. And as I'm running downhill, she's on the side of the, uh, the trail tying her shoes. So then I passed her and then I make it to the first in aid station in front of Courtney. And then I talk to myself like, oh, no, <laughs> I, like exactly what I didn't want. But, um, you know, it's part of the, it. It's just a funny story. It doesn't really matter in the end. But and then what what happened was after that, I kept running and I took a wrong turn at one of the trails without knowing I was just running on the trail following the person in front of me and then realized that he kind of darted off on the left. To, and I was like, what is this guy doing? And, and it turned out that um, he was high, he, he had realized that he was going the wrong way and he was getting back on the trail. So I was following him, made back on the trail. And as I'm making my way back, I see Courtney run by. So, and then, and then I never caught her again. So the first 10 K was all, uh, was all I could run with her. So, Oh, that's funny. So, so Courtney did not know where you were. She must've thought you were in front the entire race. <laughs> I don't think so. I think someone <laughs> definitely told her. <laughs> I don't know what she thought. And uh, like, I don't think she, I, I have no idea. Maybe she never even saw me pass her when she was tying her shoes. Oh. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> I don't know. But uh, no, she's, she's really nice. And it, it's good to be able to, you know, share, share a, a, a beer at the finish line with her and, and all the, all the good stuff for sure. Awesome. Cool. <laughs> and how did your race go overall? Then what happened to your race? Yeah, everything went really well. I, you know, I felt really good the whole time. Uh, it's really interesting race because it's always like up and down. It's very technical, uh, very technical sections, but definitely some more rolling ones as well. It's really funny because the first like half of the day we were freezing and then the second half of the day we were super hot. So it definitely kind of like, uh, uh, you know, called upon both, both kind of likings. And to me, it worked out really well. I, it was a great race. I had a little bit of a down from like the kilometer 80 to kilometer 90. And I, I kept being told that the, sec the third place girl was catching up. And then I was thinking like, oh no, <laughs> I don't want to, you, you don't want to be second like the whole entire race and then get your spot taking at the end. But then for some reason, you know, I, I, well, I just kept pushing and I kept thinking like uh, eventually the energy will come back up and around 90 kilometers, the energy came back up and I, and I, then I, and then I started picking up some time and uh, made made some distance with third position, so I was pretty happy that I was able to hold on to the second place for sure. Nice. That's interesting. That position of second place because you're chasing Courtney, but then someone's chasing you. So yeah. What 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 do you prefer? Do you prefer do you prefer to be to do the chasing or to be chased? What works better for your uh, own for strategy? your mental strength yeah. of? I definitely I definitely care more about being chased because you're kind of in control of it right because as long as you're going as like as long as you're going faster then you're in control of if the person is catching you or not whereas like courtney i don't control the speed she's going at and so like it, it's kind of more difficult to to, to, to to kind of put a goal in that perspective so i and that if we talk about bandera in a second that's kind of what i'll explain is that that i prefer being up front and knowing that i'm in control of if i'm in first position or not you know Right. Mm, right. That's a good point. So be <laughs> but just before we get to Bandera, at what point was Western States on your radar? Was this a plan that you'd had in place for a while or when did that come about? 
Uh, I'd say that Western States was on the radar since 2017. <laughs> um, it, it, if I hadn't had a stress fracture and broken my leg, I think I would definitely would have given it my shot in 2018. Unfortunately, I had to wait a, a good four years to, to kind of get that done. I guess to me, it was just like, oh, I'm healthy this year, then let, let's give it my best shot, yeah. you know, and that was kind of my strategy. And that's why I registered for all three uh, US uh, <laughs> golden ticket races and was hoping was hoping that I was going to be able to make it happen. But, you know, you never know. No, you never know. So that's the three were Bandera, Black Canyon and Black Canyon and the, the canyons. canyons and the canyons. Yeah. OK, wow. So now you're on the start line of Bandera. Did you start the, getting the feeling of hmm, I'm, I'm somewhat getting noticed now that what happened in Cape Town it was people saying, hey, I, I, I know this girl now. I got to watch out <laughs> for this one. Well, it's definitely a progress because at Cape Town, I was not on the elite start. So I was like definitely behind. <laughs> so I, I, And people were asking me what my name was at the start. Whereas uh, at Bandera, you know, I, I was looking at the, the, you know, I like to see kind of who was on the start line and, and the Iron Fire articles. And there were, my name was on the list. So that was definitely a progress. But uh, to me, it doesn't really matter, you know, as long as you're, you know what you're capable and as long as it doesn't really matter who knows who you are or, mm-hmm. or who thinks who of you, like what of you, to, I don't really care as long as I'm aware of who, who is my competition and, and kind of who am I running with. And the rest is kind of up to me to believe in myself and not necessarily to other people. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. So tell us about uh, Bandera. How did you feel <laughs> in the start line and... and- and what happened? <laughs> yeah, well, Bandera is just a, I don't think I've ever had such a perfect race. And like a, in the way I felt, not necessarily in the result, but the result was really good. The in the way that I felt was just excellent. From the very start, I just, you know, I, I was determined to, to go out there and, and get the job done. And, and that's kind of what I had in the forefront of my mind from the very beginning. To the point where, you know, I started the race and 500 meters in, I saw a girl like in front of me and I just thought like, oh, if I go in front of her, then I'll know that I'm first and I know that uh, and, and that'll just make things easy for me. So uh, that's that's all I did. I passed the girl and then I, I, I stayed up front and I didn't ask again where the second girl was until maybe the kilometer 75. And, uh, and, and at that point, even it was funny because my crew, I had a crew there. And my friend, he was my friend, and he tells me, uh, I asked him, like, oh, how far is the second lady? And he tells me 12 minutes. And in my head, I'm like, oh, 12 minutes, that's not that much, you know, like 25K. Like, what if I have a down or something? Like, I better start moving. And so I start running, like, I like super determined and never ask again where the second place is. And then uh, at the finish, I realized that she's like 30. I think she it was either 30 or 35. I don't know, somewhere along those lines. And then I thought, I, I told my crew, I was like, why didn't you tell me? And he's just like, <laughs> I did tell you. <laughs> so it was kind of, it was kind of just a funny, funny race. But uh, yeah, everything went really well. And just, it, it, it's actually a really cool race because it's a, it's a hundred K you run two loops and the first 25 K is super technical and it, with a lot of ups and downs. So you know, you're just kind of going through through the little mount, the little hills, and then the, the second 25k is super rolling, so it, it's almost flat, and and you know you can get you can get those legs moving, and so it's kind of nice because you're you're going from you know you're using different muscles and different types of energy, so it kind of goes by pretty fast, in my opinion. Right. Is it a washing machine where you get to see everyone? Yeah, it is. 
Oh. It, well, no, you don't. You don't get to see everyone. There's just one part of the course where you do like a little bit of an out and back. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. But uh, I didn't even know there was an out and back. And when I, <laughs> that's another funny thing. When I got there on the first loop, you know, when you're running in the dark and and you have your headlamps, and then all of a sudden you start seeing headlamps coming your way. Like <laughs> my reaction, <laughs> like my reaction was like darn it I'm going the wrong way <laughs> and so I I said it out loud and it was the first guy and I thought he was really nice because he answered me like I said am I going the wrong way and he goes no I'm finishing the loop and then and then I started seeing all the other guys and then I was like oh, okay this is good <laughs> but but it's the oh. only section where it's a like it's a straight out and back so how did it feel getting your golden ticket on your first try Hey guys, if you like what you're hearing so far, then check this out. New for 2022, the Lost Treasure Trail Race. Calling all trail runners to our brand new event, coming to Mansfield, Ontario this May 14th. The Lost Treasure Trail Race features both the 5 and 10K on the beautiful trails of the Mansfield Outdoor Center. As the story goes, the American outlaw Jesse James buried a barrel full of gold coins stolen from a train on his relative's property somewhere in the hills of Malmer. You'll earn your very own coin medal when you cross the finish line. Registration is now open. For more info, go to gotterunracing.com. Now back to Jody and Norm. Oh man, that that felt really good. That was like that was definitely the the highlight of my last uh four or five years but actually I mean there was a lot of good times in those years but my point is more it's it's nice to have a kind of like a culminating uh result where I can finally be happy with with the work that I've done and and things that I have gone through to get there and it's just it's it's just a very good feeling right like it's kind of funny too like they give you a large golden ticket and it's funny because when I cross the finish line they ask me like do you want the golden ticket yeah, I was really close to answer that, but then I was like, "Oh no!" I was like, "Yeah, for sure." <laughs> I was very, I was very happy to get the golden ticket. Definitely. How did you bring the golden ticket home? <laughs> yeah, it's really funny because uh, um, I brought it on the airplanes, and all of the, you know, the, to I, I not the flight attendant, but the first person who takes your ticket and your passport. Yeah. Every, I had two flights to make it home, and um, every single one of those people, they said that. Uh, Oh, you can't bring that on. It doesn't, it's not going to fit. And then I was like, what do you mean? It's not going to fit. Like it's, <laughs> it's <laughs> super easy. So I kind of just, I gave two sentences, like very casually. I didn't, I wasn't aggressive or anything, but I said, no, no, I'll just put it by the window. It'll be fine. And, uh, both time I just squeezed it in, you know, there's the seat and the, um, the, I just put it there and it, yeah. it didn't, it didn't bother anyone. <laughs> and, uh, I, I, and then I ended up walking across the border with it and it was pretty funny because everyone was like what is this girl doing <laughs> it's <was> pretty funny <laughs> very good that's awesome yeah. <laughs> are you still planning on doing black canyon or the canyons run race so black canyon definitely not even like doing both of them i think would have been a pretty hard feat to do you know especially knowing that i had done etsc utct uh bandera and now black canyon i think i registered to both thinking that like if for some reason i had trouble recovering from utct then maybe i would have transferred over to black canyon and not done bandera but you know i recovered from utct really well and i figured i might as well start trying now because if i don't try then maybe i'll i'll do black canyon but wasn't necessarily my my goal 
Mm-hmm. So Black Canyon, definitely not. I took it really easy after Bandera. I took at least two weeks off or well, one week off and then a week lighter volume for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and um, eventually, you know, you want to get back running. Uh, so no, I, I will not do Black Canyon, but the canyons I think I'll do because uh i mean it's it's part of the western states course it's also yeah. a pretty good timing it's it's april 23rd so two months before western states i also think you you know it, it it'll be fun to be honest i think <laughs> i think it, like there's a lot of runners that i know are doing it and i i just think that it would be fun but also good practice so all absolutely. all of the reasons are good absolutely can imagine you win another ticket at black at the canyons, <laughs> and then this you say no i'm good <laughs> yeah. I'm good. Let you that can, roll down. You can let that roll. <laughs> I, I don't. I can't carry it back on the plane anyway. There so. we go. There we go. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Are you going to go to the yeah. Western Training Run as well? Then, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. will. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I'm pretty excited for that. Actually, I may. I may see you there. I may see you there. Oh, nice. Yeah. Good. Are, are you doing the Western States or? Yeah, I'm doing Western States as well. Uh, it it's, took me six years to get in. So maybe oh, no same, same, same amount of time as you, maybe. Because <laughs> you just tried about. it in 2017. <laughs> yeah, just about. Well, congrats. That's really cool. Thank Good you. I'm going to try to stay with you for about two minutes <laughs> in the start line, <laughs> going up the ski hill. Sounds good. Yeah. We're, we're doing a whole series of the Canadians that are going to be at Western States. We actually started this series last year on our podcast okay. on our podcast, we're, and now nice. we're continuing. So what our goal is to have a really tight group of all the Canadians plus their crew so that we can all support each other at yeah, the race. For sure. So when everybody sees everybody, you yeah. get an extra cheer. If you need <laughs> anything, you know, you can ask anybody that's within the group. <laughs> I love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah. As Canadians, we have to stick together, you know? We sure do. <laughs> we sure do. After Western, Marianne, have you got any other big ticket races that are on your to-do list? Or are you going to s- see how it goes? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you know the race, but it's called UTMB. Actually, what happened was that I wasn't going to register for anything else other than Western States because I really wanted to focus only on that. But then, you know, I think Pandera was on a Saturday and then on Sunday, I started seeing people like uh, posting that they were registering to UTMB. And I was thinking like, oh, I wonder if I have the points or, or am able to register. So the idea kind of got in my head. And, and then I think the next day I decided like, oh, yeah, I'd, I'd really like to do UTMB. So I registered for it. And uh, so I, I'm ending up doing Western States and UTMB, which I understand and, and respect the fact that they are two big races. And, um, you know, there's a risk associated with it. But I think that given my history and given my lack of racing, that's a risk that I'm willing to take at this point. So we'll see. Amazing. Well, we'll, we'll love to have you back to hear all about it because I'm doing UTMB in 2023. Oh, no way. Nice. Cool. You can give me all the pointers. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, for sure. I'd be happy to. (laughs) Definitely. We chatted with uh, other Quebecois uh, on our podcast with Elliot Cardin. Do you know Elliot Cardin? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And and Sebastian Rillier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're yeah, just wondering what's in the water. What's in the water in Quebec with all these elite <laughs> runners? That's, 
<laughs> coming out of Quebec? Uh, I think there's nice trails, to be honest. Quebec is a really nice, uh, it's a really nice province and good people for sure. I yeah, think yeah. the community is really good. So that helps. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah. Did you want to give a shout out to any of your sponsors or anybody that's uh, on your team? Oh, sponsors. I have a lot, uh, a lot of people that thank there, but uh, for sure, I'd like to give a huge shout out to Solomon. I think it's really, really nice that, you know, five, I, I don't even remember when that's 2017 now. So is it five or six years ago? Who knows? But uh, they, you know, they took me on and, and they kept me on when I was injured for for that long. And, and it's really nice to know. Yeah, I posted it in one of the posts, but I really believe it. It's, it's really nice to know that someone is supporting you through all your downs. And now you can share the ups with them. And, and that's really really something that I value. But obviously, uh, a lot of companies I started working with uh, as a mix and all of that. And Knack Bars is one of the mm-hmm. is one of the, the things that I work with. One of the companies that I work with and Iliot works with as well. Um, it's, a, it's a nutrition company that gives that does a lot more than just nutrition. And, and that's really another one of my sponsors that I would definitely like to give a shout out. And then I'm working with Coros and Bricks, which is uh, maple syrups. Yes. Um, Love Bricks. And, uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> And from Ontario, I guess you guys know know the Kepik uh, coffee. Yes, uh, yes, which is, which is definitely uh, another brand that I'd like to give a give a shout out to. And then most importantly, I'd like to give a shout out to all the people that I get to run with on a daily basis. I think that um, uh, is, that's really is the most important for me in the sense of, you know, uh, I wouldn't be the runner that I am today without all of the people that I get to share those kilometers with and miles for for Americans listening. But um, it's definitely it makes a huge difference and. I think that's what's so good about the trail running. Mm. Absolutely. The community. Uh, one more thing about Western States. I think I just found out that Courtney DeWalter is going to be at Western States. Is that right? Did, did you hear that? Yeah, I believe she is. I. Wow. So you're going to be towing the line with her again. So uh, mm-hmm. what's the strategy going in again? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was asked this question when I was giving, I was talking about my bandera, you know, go, go first, and then you can determine if you're first or not. But I think that's, I mean, obviously that's kind of like a, a very basic uh, strategy. I definitely don't think that that would be the strategy to go for at rest in states. So I don't know, to be honest, I'll, I'll have to spend a little bit more time looking at the course and all of that. But uh, in an ideal world, I, I would like to go for top 10 so that I, do, I would be able to, to go back the, the next year. So that's kind of my goal. And whatever strategy, whatever is the best strategy for me to get there is probably what I'll try to implement. Perfect. And our other top Canadians going to be there too. Well, we have, uh, we have a top Canadian. Uh, well, we don't know what's, uh, what's going to happen. Elliot Cardin, he's going for his golden oh, ticket. Who's the other female? Elsa McDonald. Oh yeah. Elsa McDonald. Do you know Elsa? I have never met her. I've definitely heard of her, but I've never met her. Okay. Yeah, she's gonna mm-hmm. she's gonna be we chatted with her last year. She's yeah. gonna be quite the interesting runner at Western States. Yeah, she will absolutely. be there for sure. <laughs> <laughs> nice, cool. Well, I hope that I can meet her. Yeah, absolutely for sure. Well, we like to end our podcast with a couple rapid fire questions, if you don't mind. Yeah, for so sure. We'll, we'll start that now. Ryan Reynolds or Ryan Gosling? Oh, Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh favorite topping on poutine oh that's it i like traditional to be honest all right but if i have to put something i'll say shrimp really i have not tried that shrimp in on gas- poutine in, gas- in gaspésie you put the low uh, fresh shrimp on there and it's pretty good wow that sounds amazing very good yep <laughs> do you have any tattoos no no tattoos okay no tattoos 
oh, what do you look for at an aid station? What's the food that you crave the most? Chips. Chips. The salt. <laughs> for sure, chips. The salt, yeah. <laughs> A handful of chips and you're good to go. <laughs> Favorite curse word en français? <laughs> Merde. <laughs> <laughs> I say it probably too often. <laughs> if you could travel back in time, what period would you go to? Oof, that's a good one. Um, that's a really good one. To be honest, I like to go with what I've lived. I, I really like the 2000 years. I thought they were pretty good years. <laughs> when I was 10 years old and living the life, you know, running cross-country courses, two-kilometer races, that was pretty fun. <laughs> that's a good answer. And yeah. last question, what would be your superpower if you could have one? Ooh, that's a very good one. I think I... I think I'd really like to be able to teleport myself. Like, I, I think it'd be really nice to kind of just be able to, to go yeah. to one place and then go to another. And, and, uh, but, but also, I think what would be even better is if I could split myself and go multiple places at once. Oh, <laughs> that's an interesting is, one. Is that a superpower? Or you just, <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Cool. But yeah. Wouldn't, that wouldn't it be like, What's... wouldn't it be nice if, you know, hasn't it happened to you that like two two runs on a given day seems like a really good idea and then you kind of <laughs> want to do both. So it would be nice if you could send like your body in two places at once and, and kind of get, get back together at yeah. the end of the day and you've had twice the experience. I think that would be my favorite one. I like it. I like it. Well, thank you so much. We well, really appreciate it. I gotta, I'm sorry. I got to go back to Western States again. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> he's got another go question. This, this is going to be your first 100 miler. Is that right? Yeah, yeah it will be. Mm. How do you how do you feel about that? This would be a lot more running at night. I guess you did that when you did the the stage racing at night. Uh, no, I did that at Arikana. Arikana was actually so UTHC was uh, it started at one p.m. and it's a one twenty five kilometer race. So I ran all through the night actually. Okay. So running through the night isn't as worrisome for me. I think the extra extra mileage will definitely be something of concern, but I think that it's nothing you can't. Uh, train your body for it. And, I, and I, I think there's something kind of a thrilling of having your first hundred miler be Western States, right? It's like started starting off with the band, but, but that being said, you know, I might, I might also, uh, I might also need a hundred miler to be able to race a hundred miler. Who knows? You know, we'll see, we'll see what happens, but I'm up for it either way. Well, we, awesome. we, we will see you at Squaw. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. It was great to chat with you. Merci beaucoup. Uh, <laughs> great well thank you so much it was great to meet you i great really do hope to see you in the actually at the training camp i guess yeah i'll try to get out there depending on what's happening in the world but we won't get into that yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> too big of a topic <laughs> all right all right thank thanks you. again cheers have a good night bye you too right well 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 <laughs> well 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 marianne hogan wow i Gee. love her spirit yeah if positive what, attitude that injury Ooh, that's it actually happened to me with my foot remember i broke my foot in the forest with a with a fireman who didn't help me get out of it <laughs> so i had to hobble out myself and that was out for a year but spiral to me sounds like it, like one bone went one way and one bone went the other i'm not looking it up but how that, oh it's terrible okay how she was able to <laughs> slowly get back into running and the mindset that yes i'm going to make this happen right perfect right and then her comeback year last year 
second place, second place, golden ticket. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I can't wait. To Dreams see. do come true. I can't wait to see what she does at Squaw. And UTMB. Yeah, UTMB. Yeah. I can't wait to meet her at Squaw. Absolutely. It's going to be uh, awesome. And uh, again, a lot of con- contingents there. Yeah. Exciting. Mm-hmm. So there you have Marianne Hogan. You got it. Cheers. Ooh, that was quite the marathon. Thanks for listening to the Gotta Run Racing Podcast with your hosts, Norman and Jody. Please visit us at gotarunracing.com for more information on our events or simply drop us an email at gotarunracing at gmail.com. And be sure to check out our YouTube channel to stream the video version of this episode. Oh, and if you like my voice, check me out at tylerherchuk.ca. T-Y-L-E-R-H-Y-R-C-H-U-K. Gotta run!